At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. A warmer buddy low. Welcome to Love Me Las Vegas for Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Greg Eves Peters, and now part of the Beeson family of podcasts. We do have a tremendous podcast for you guys. We're going to be keeping it to two parts today. We're going to have a nice in-depth chat with Ethan Bach in segment number two. He does a great job as one of the main writers over at the Portal Report. As you can imagine, taking a look at all things Transfer Portal, he's also based out in the great state of West Virginia, a team that has been very active here in the Transfer Portal. He does good work over at West Virginia Sports Now, so we're going to be diving into what West Virginia has all done this offseason and how they're really a model for a team that is utilizing the Transfer Portal quite well in that they have not just been able to do a good job in the portal, but they've been able to maintain a lot of their own guys as well, so we're going to be diving in on that. We're going to be talking about the trend of a lot of these D2 guys moving up to the D1 level, how important it is to take note of them, and then we're also going to be talking about something I've talked about quite a bit. These four or five-star guys that didn't necessarily see a lot of playing time at their previous stop, deciding to enter into the transfer portal, what to expect there. So, we're going to have a great chat in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I'm going to round up all the news and notes we saw in college basketball on Saturday. There wasn't a ton, which is why I'm doing a two-segment podcast rather than three, but we did see quite a few notable names on the move, and we did see a gentleman decide that he is going to be returning for his COVID year, and if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters EM. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline, and the other way, that's fine, an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you are able to fire on whatever you'd like to on this podcast by the five-star review. Really did not get in any Twitter questions today, and if you do have a question, please do fire those in, because that'll make the first segments a little bit more full, and I'm sure that some of you guys have them, but maybe aren't taking a look as much at college basketball right now, just because we do have the NBA and NHL playoffs in our lives. Totally understandable, but I want to get you guys set for the upcoming season, so if you have them at any time, whether that be for tomorrow, a month from now, three months from now, do fire those in, but let's take a look at everything that we did see in college basketball on Saturday. I mentioned it, we did see someone decide to use their COVID year, and that would be Nick Honor. Last season at Missouri, very functional, solid player for the team. 7.9 points, 2.9 assists, steal an app per contest while shooting 40% from three. Not a guy that went out there and completely lit the world on fire, but he just did a very solid job of being a good role player for Missouri, being able to get some veteran leadership back in the backcourt. That is absolutely massive, and it's something that gets lost on a lot of people. We all look at the flashy transfers, what have you, but getting a guy like a Nick Honor back for Missouri, I think that that's relatively big. We did see Primo Spears on the move as well as he was able to put up some relatively solid numbers a season ago at Georgetown, and 
He is making the move on over to Florida State. Last year, Primo Spears, very much a high usage guy. 5.3 assists, 16.3 points per contest. Only shot 30% from three, but there are a lot of circumstances where a bad possession for him was better than a good possession for someone else. He did have 3.3 turnovers per contest, but once again, that was in a Georgetown system that was just all sorts of broken. So we shall see what he's going to be able to do at Florida State because they lose a lot of their top guys from a season ago as well. Matthew Cleveland, he is right now going through the process. As we know, they had quite a few guys that were able to produce quite well for them, like Caleb Mills. He's out of the fold as well, and they just had all sorts of injuries. So I'm very intrigued to see what they are going to be looking like for this upcoming season because there's lots of moving pieces. And then in terms of guys that they did transfer over the last 24 hours, Elijah Hutchins-Everett has decided that he is going to be going to Seton Hall. Seton Hall has lost quite a few big men from a season ago, like Terry Samuel and company, but I do have to question what his usage is going to be. I don't see him being much other than a reserve as also be last year. He was solid. 11.5 points, 5.5 boards, actually down from the 6.8 rebounds per game. Then he did have his freshman, but was able to branch out his range at 32.5% from 3 at 6 foot 11, 270. He's got very good versatility. At the same time, I do wonder how much he is going to be utilized in this system. So we shall see what happens there. Jerry Engbot, he was playing at St. Peter's, the old Peacocks this last season. He has decided that he's going to Louisiana Monroe. Only was able to register about a rebound and a half per contest. We have seen Louisiana Monroe, though, have some success in just being able to bring in some of these guys that at the previous stop they didn't necessarily see a lot of minutes. And for Louisiana Monroe, they were lacking quite a bit of sides last season. So that is going to be solid for them. This is going to be very solid for the Bonnies. They get a man that is very prideful in Charles Pride, who last season was able to put up big numbers over at Bryant, 14.5 points, 6 boards, 2.5 assists per contest. And take a look at things, his biggest year actually came two years ago, 2021-22 season, when Bryant made the NCAA tournament, 17.5 points, 8.5 boards, Shot only about 32.5% for three that season. Shot 37% for three this past season. And I think the big thing for Charles Pride is being able to play a little bit more defense. He was in a Bryant system that they just runned it and gunned it. And for St. Bonaventure, losing 99.9% of their scoring a season ago, that really did put them behind the eight ball. Seems like they're going to have to hit the transfer portal quite a bit this season as well. So I'm very curious to see what the roster is going to be looking like in general. I know that Dr. Schmidt has done an incredible job with St. Bonaventure, but having all the moving pieces that he has, that has been really leading to the team having a little bit of a rough go of it. This is a guy that he had a rough go of it at Texas Tech this last season, and he's decided that he is going to be going down to the mid-major ranks in order to be able to get a little bit more playing time. That would be Kalen Allen. He was playing over at Texas Tech, and he has decided that he is going to be making the jump on over to Portland State for Allen. Really did not see the floor at all last season at Texas Tech. A little bit more of an upside guy, so I'm very curious to see what he is going to be able to provide as he gave the team last season right around 2.5 points. He was able to haul in there two boards per contest, not someone that's really able to pop threes, but was a very highly touted junior college transfer a few seasons ago and a kid that is from the West Coast. So I do think that that's going to be a solid fit. I think this guy has a lot of versatility, and in this system, it's going to work. Simeus Lucatius, he was playing last season at Butler at six foot six. Didn't do one thing great, but did a lot of things solid. Shot 38% from three, 
four boards, three assists, a steal with 11.5 points per game. He has decided that he is going to Cincinnati. Now, the one thing I will say about Lucasius is that it just felt like in his two years at Butler, there was just ebbs and flows with him. Like, you take a look at the last six games that he played at Butler. He went for 7, 11, 15, 8, 9, and then 23 points. You would have like a week or two of really good play, alternated by a week or two of really bad play. But for Cincinnati, they have done a remarkable job in the transfer portal in recent years. I remember what they were able to do a season ago, bringing in Landers Nolly. That turned out to be a really good fit for them. And Cincinnati, you got to figure that they're going to want to play a little bit more defense. Lucatius, I think, is going to be a very good defender because he can defend darn near anyone out there on the floor that should be able to help out with this West Miller system. And West Miller's system always does work best when he's got those versatile, like, Six foot six, six foot seven guys. They're able to pop threes. He really didn't have a lot of those this past season. He's joining CJ Frederick, who comes in from Kentucky after being a really good sharpshooter at Iowa. Jamiah Reynolds, he was from within the American as well as a little bit of a big man. So I really do like what this Cincinnati team is putting together. Jordan Geronimo, say Geronimo. He is going from Indiana and he is going to be remaining in the conference. He is going to be going to Maryland. I do think that there is going to be a lot more minutes for Geronimo in the circumstances. Last season, he was solid whenever he got minutes for Indiana. 4.2 points per contest. Shot only about 26% from three-point range. That was a little bit less than Savory. His best year probably came two seasons ago. Four and a half points, three and a half boards, was shooting more like 31% from three-point range there. As a six foot six, a little bit of a combo player, though, I think he fits what Maryland really needs. He's a little bit more of a defender, a guy that's able to go up there, get his nose dirty. He's going to be able to give you some nice rebounds. So I think that this is a perfect fit. I just don't think that he was necessarily as good of a fit when it came to what he was trying to provide over at Indiana. Stefan Payne the third. He was playing at Incarnate Word this past season, and he has decided that he is going to be going to Jacksonville. Jacksonville has looked themselves in the mirror, and they're trying to get back to their identity, playing good, solid defense. And with Payne last season, he was at six foot nine, really able to do some nice things down low for Incarnate Word. A steal, one point three blocks, six points, four point six rebounds per game. So he was able to do a very good job of being able to provide in a wide variety of ways, and. Take a look at what he was able to do towards the back half of the season. That was quite impressive as well. Last 11 games of the season, he was giving the team more like 7 rebounds, 2.5 blocks, 8.5 points per game. So he's a very good rim protector. Jacksonville, they lost their way a little bit last season. I do think that they're reeling it in, staying out there in the great state of Florida. Jose Placer last season was playing over at North Florida, and he has decided that he's going to be going to South Florida. So he goes from the north to the south in terms of the state of Florida. And for Placer, he was able to have himself a really nice year this last year. He was playing off the ball a little bit more. So his assist numbers weren't necessarily as prolific as they were when he first entered North Florida. But 14 points, 2.9 assists, shot 36.5% from three-point range. He's able to be a point guard. He's able to be an off-ball guard. He's got good versatility there. South Florida, they brought in Abdul Rahim over from Kennesaw State. Go Owls. And with Amir Abdul-Rahim, he also brought with him quite a few of his players from Kennesaw State as well. So this is a relatively ready-made product with South Florida. I do think that there's going to be a lot of success to be had very early for the team because among the guys that Abdul-Rahim brought with him, Brandon Stroud, Chris Youngblood, Kassan Jenkins, I would consider that to be three of the top four players from Kennesaw State 
a season ago. So this is a product that right now, full of guards, they could use a little bit more of a big man or two, but I do like the way that this backcourt is fortifying itself. Indiana may have lost out on Mr. Jordan Geronimo, but what they did get in return was Anthony Walker. He was playing over at Miami this past season, and when I was at Miami, he was a starter for the team during the 2020-21 season. Nine and a half points, 4.7 boards, never has been a great three-point shooter. He shot 20% from three-point range at six foot nine. They don't need him to pop a bunch of threes, but would like to see him be a little bit more versatile, but for Walker, you've got to figure that he's going to be a little bit more of depth piece for the team. They bring in Peyton Sparks. They also bring in Khalil Ware. So now they are completely loaded up on bigs for Walker if he's able to help out with his versatility a little bit more and be able to pop some more outside shots. I do think that he can have a big role on the team. If not, you've got a lot of size with regards to the team that it's going to be hard to be able to find minutes for all those guys. Therese Terrell, he was playing at Nichols this last season. He's going down to the non one level. Who wouldn't love to play for Hawaii Pacific? You get to live out in Hawaii as he was able to register for the team right around one and a half points, one and a half boards per contest was never really a big time player for them and this is very easy for updating your handicap. All you need to note is that our good friend Mr. Terrell, he was at the D1 level this last season, didn't necessarily perform quite too great, didn't necessarily give the team a lot of minutes. Now he's at the non-D1 level, cross him off your list of guys that you need to evaluate and then you're able to move on. You do want to be taking a look at Tyam Freeman though. He was playing at Central Florida this last season and wasn't necessarily a supreme performer for the team as just has ever been able to find it from three-point range of career. 25% three-point shooter at six foot five had three and a half points, two boards per contest this past season. Season before was able to give the team five points per game, but has been a relatively good defense first player. He has decided that he is heading on over to Kent State. So we did see some moves that were made in the transfer portal on Saturday, and we're going to be seeing a lot more moving forward. And among the trends that we are seeing in college basketball right now, there's no better person that is locked in the transfer portal, engaging all of them than Ethan Buck. He is going to be joining me next. He does a good job of being able to cover the West Virginia men's basketball team, so unquestionably we're going to be asking about that. I'm going to get his thoughts on some of the teams that have been utilizing the transfer portal the best this past offseason, how there are some teams that are only bringing in one or two key pieces, other teams that they're making wholesale changes, his thoughts on that front, and so much more. And that's coming up on the flip side right here on Coast Coast Soups with myself, Greg Ames Peterson, now a part of the Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units returned, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Back here, love you, Las Vegas. For Cuscus with myself, Greg Gibbs and now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Always great to be joined by this man as Ethan Bach is doing an absolutely tremendous job of taking a look at overall getting out there in college basketball and just in general out in the great state of West Virginia. As he's one of the main contributors over at West Virginia Sports Now. He also is a main contributor over at the Portal Report. As you can expect, you're getting a lot of transfer portal news and updates over there. As I know you've got over 1,500 guys in the transfer portal, so there is no shortage of need of people to help keep this clear. And the gentleman over there at the Portal Report, they're doing a great job. And Ethan is one of the main men over there. And you're able to follow him on Twitter at his name, Ethan Bach. That is B-O-C-K on the last name, and then an underscore after that. And Ethan, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. I appreciate you, Ethan. And you're out there in the great state of West Virginia. So let's start with this team. No shortage of moves that have been made. Um, They do lose one guy in the transfer portal and Jimmy Bell. But when they picked up Jesse Edwards, in my opinion, I don't think that this was the world's most startling thing. As we know, they picked up the two gentlemen from Manhattan that unfortunately were unable to play this past season, but what have you made out of this West Virginia haul that they've been able to get in the transfer portal? Because in total, they essentially have five different guys coming in, and I think that they have been one of the most active and one of the biggest winners of this period thus far. Yeah, I would say on paper they have, they're probably, if not the best-looking team coming out of the transfer portal. The moves that they've been able to make, they are going to look interesting next year. I'm really curious how Bob Huggins and his coaching staff are going to be able to balance all these different guys coming from different levels of college basketball and different programs. A lot of them are coming off of being the number one guy on their team, like a Raekwon battle at Montana State 
or even like a Jesse Edwards at Syracuse. Them just being able to retain some guys this year, bringing back Trey Mitchell and Joe Toussaint as well, as well as some bench pieces. Hugs definitely has a great roster on paper, and he's not done in the portal. That's the craziest part. I think they're going to add one or two more guys still. Yes, they have been absolutely just out there trying to get a lot of these guys. And I think the biggest question that I've got with West Virginia right now is, how is it all going to come together from a chemistry perspective? Because there is going to be a lot of moving pieces. And with West Virginia, what I think the biggest takeaway for me is, it feels like they're sort of trying to get back to what they were many years ago when they were using sort of the hockey-style line shifts. Because when I take a look at this roster, this is a West Virginia team that is built to be able to go nine-plus deep. I definitely agree. It's going to be interesting because you have scores like Raekwon Battle, Jose Perez, Trey Mitchell, and then you have a distributor like Kirk Kresha. They're just going to have to find a way. I think your three ball handlers and the guys that can run the offense are Kresha, Joe Toussaint, and Jose Perez. I think those are your three ball handlers. And you try to find a Raekwon Battle or Trey Mitchell driving to the paint, or you find Jesse Edwards in the paint to lay it in. They have six guys that can score double figures a night. And I think their mindset in the transfer portal was recruit these talented offensive players and teach them defense. It's the one question mark I have on paper is if this team can play defense. Obviously, Jesse Edwards, almost averaging three blocks a game and pulls down 10 rebounds. He's their best defensive player, no doubt. But after that, it's a lot like I have a lot of questions about their perimeter defense, but I think Hugs will figure it out. Yep, I am sure that he is going to be able to do so. And when you bring in someone like a Raekwon Battle as well from Montana State, Montana State was one of the best mid-major defenses in all of college basketball. So I do think that it's going to go well on that front. It's joining me on the podcast. We do have Ethan Bach. He does tremendous work over at the Portal Report. And Ethan, I'm not sure what you have made out of the transfer portal this offseason, but I feel like there's been maybe a couple fewer big names. Like we saw Kendrick Davis last offseason and Hunter Dickinson, his decision, that is going to be absolutely massive. But I feel like this year's transfer portal is a lot more about upside. A lot of guys that were four, five-star recruits that they didn't get a lot of minutes at their previous stop and now are sort of looking for a second lease on their career, looking for just being able to build up their stock, get 35-plus minutes a night, and be that top scorer on the team that they do go to. I'm not sure what you made out of that, but I feel like that's really been one of the biggest themes that we've seen out of the transfer portal thus far. The numbers are higher this year, 1,500-plus as of today, April 29th, less than two weeks to go until the portal actually closes, and I'm sure there's going to be another wave of entries. But yeah, I mean, other than Hunter Dickinson, who is arguably the greatest player to ever enter the transfer portal. You don't really have like a Kendrick Davis or just a list of guys that are scoring 20 plus points a night. A lot of guys entering to have upside, trying to get like a second chance, trying to finish off their career during a fifth season, like a Jesse Edwards at West Virginia. I like the young guys that have left their teams and trying to build upside, like a Jalen Tyson, like a Walter Clayton going on my own out of Florida, just building on themselves and investing on themselves. Yeah, I think that Walter Coyne going over to Florida was big, and that's one of the biggest winners I do think has went a little bit under the radar here in the portal. As joining me on the podcast, we do have Ethan Bach, who does a tremendous job over there and does a great job on the West Virginia front as well, because someone that was, ironically enough, playing in the state of West Virginia, Micah Handglotten, the big man over at Marshall, he has decided that he is going to Florida as well, and it didn't necessarily go Florida's way in season number one, under Todd Golden, but we know that Golden was very aggressive in the transfer portal last offseason. He has been thus far, and I really like the players that Florida has gotten. On top of Clayton along with Hanglon, they bring in someone to Tyree Samuel, EJ Jarvis, 
pair of forwards that should be able to fortify this team. I think that Florida has been under the radar, one of the biggest winners of this portal period that not a lot of people are talking about like they are the way that they are about teams like West Virginia and Gonzaga. Yeah, second year under Golden, and it's another year where statistically they're doing well in the transfer portal. Like you said, Greg, year one, they didn't do too well, but this is a new age of college basketball. Retooling in the transfer portal every year, seeing what works, what doesn't work, I think they have a good chance to be competitive in the SEC this year. I do think so as well, and I do think that that SEC landscape, it is going to be so interesting. And when you take a look at some of these teams that have been making moves, is there a school or two that you do feel like has been going a little bit under the radar? Because I just went, mentioned one of my big ones in Florida. I think that they've been able to do a tremendous job of being able to bring in some talent. But have there been a few teams that have been standing out to you that you're thinking, man, why aren't we talking a little bit more about this team? Because you feel like they have made some quality moves. I really like Houston. I know some people have talked about them, but I don't think it's discussed enough. Um, Houston's one of the most prepared teams to enter the Big 12 next year. And <laughs> this is their first year in the Big 12. So like, obviously losing Marcus Sasser is going to hurt them. And going into a new conference, arguably the best conference in college basketball, they needed the retool quick, and Kelvin Sampson did a fantastic job this month. Bringing in LJ Cryer, who's a Big 12 veteran from Baylor, and Damian Dunn, bringing him from the American to the Big 12 as well from Temple. So Kelvin Sampson's done a great job at retooling his guards, and Houston's going to be the same team next year. The way that Sampson's built the team over tall guards and small big men over the last few years, athletic guys, they're going to fit right in. Yep, I think so as well. I think that Houston has done an incredible job of being able to reload that team. And I did mention one of the teams that has certainly been getting some love, and I do think that it is rightfully so in Gonzaga. What did you make out of the fact that last week, right around this time, they were able to add those two pieces because they bring in Ryan Nemard, as we know. His brother Andrew has a lot of familiarity with Gonzaga, so I don't think that that's going to be a difficult transition along with Graham E.K., who he missed last year with Wyoming, but we recall two seasons ago when the Cowboys will make the NCAA tournament. That was terrific, and I think that they've done a great job with the portal of just being able to address the two biggest needs that they had, and sometimes we always get caught up in the teams that are bringing in like seven to eight transfers, but I feel like if you've got two needs and you get two guys that fill them, much like Gonzaga, that's a very, very good and just valuable offseason. Gonzaga almost won the transfer portal within an hour, getting <laughs> Ryan Nemhart and Graham Ike one Friday morning last week, having to replace like a Drew Timmy or a Rasir Bolton or Strother. Yeah, Mark Few had a retool in the portal, just like pretty much every team in the country. You pick up Steel Venters as well. They're going to be Gonzaga. They still have Malachi Smith from Chattanooga from last year. Another great transfer portal addition going into his second year at Gonzaga. So Gonzaga's going to be Gonzaga. They'll be a top 15, top 10 team again next year. I think so as well. And what I think is very interesting as well about the transfer portal period is the fact that there are going to be some teams that are going to be able to maintain some chemistry as well. Because I take a look at what happened last year in the NCAA tournament and a lot of the top teams they sort of did a good job of being able to marry the process of not just being able to bring in some good guys in the transfer portal. Like we all know that Miami was at the forefront last year. There were some people that were a little bit less than enthused about the way that they used NIL, but it was clearly really stinking effective as no Chad O'Meara along Nigel Pack. Those guys were so crucial. And then making the final four, UConn did a solid job of bringing in some guards to help them out. But I feel like all four of those teams have made the Final Four, and the vast majority of the teams that made the Elite Eight, Sands, Kansas State, under a first-year head coach in Jerome Tang, 
they did a good job of being able to maintain their course from a season ago as well. I'm not sure what you make out of this, but while we talk about all these guys in the transfer portal, I think that it's important. I think highlighting the teams that aren't losing guys in the transfer portal is also very important because since the transfer portal has become more and more prevalent in college basketball, it feels like the teams are able to keep their own. They seem to have more success in March. Oh, I agree. Just looking at who's retaining this year with six weeks with the portal being open, like it seemed like Marquette. Who have they lost? They haven't lost anybody to the portal, it seems. Even like a Creighton, you lose an Emhart, but you're also gaining Stephen Asworth from Utah State. So a lot of these teams that are projected to be top 10 teams, FAU, a Final Four team, FAU, another team that can be preseason top 10. There's a lot of teams that have been able to retain most of their guys this year. And if they're losing anybody, it's one player or two players at most. And a lot of those players aren't necessarily critical pieces as well, which I think is very important because we talk about West Virginia. When you essentially trade in Jimmy Bell for Jesse Edwards, you would love to be able to keep Jimmy Bell, but at the same time, you're going to take that trade every single time as well. As Ethan Bach, who does tremendous work over at the Portal Report, is joining me on the podcast. And something else I've noticed as well, you guys have done a good job of this, highlighting some of the D2 guys that are in the transfer portal as well, because we always love to take a look at these guys that were averaging double figures at their previous schools, whether or not insert your guy here that scored like 15 points per game from the Big South is able to go up to the power conference level. But we've been noticing a lot of the Nova Southeastern guys. They were the D2 national champions last season. They're going to be going up a level. Like I believe that RJ Sunhara, hopefully I said that correctly. He's been a highly touted guy that has been getting a lot of looks. I know that there have been quite a few guys from like Alabama Huntsville, a year in and year out stalwart at the D2 level. They've been getting a lot of looks as well. What have you made out of this? Because I take a look at the teams that have went the D2, D3 level, and a lot of these teams have been able to find some very good gems in the transfer portal, much like teams like Winthrop and also South Alabama in recent years. People would be surprised at how well these D2, D3 kids get recruited. RJ Sunahara, for example, he has been contacted by five schools within the day or two he's been in the portal. West Virginia, VCU, Loyola, Chicago, Notre Dame, just to name a few. I think Georgia as well. It's not like he's getting any low major offers. He's getting power five type level offers. So like I said, college basketball fans don't realize how well these D2, D3 kids are. Memphis got a kid that had 120 schools contacting him. It's no joke. Like if you're good in D2 or if you're good in D3, you can make that jump up. Yeah, I've been noticing it more and more. I feel like Duncan Robinson, who was able to tear it up at Michigan a few years ago, he helped set the mode for that a little bit. And just in terms of some of the guys that are out there, we know that Hunter Dickinson, everyone wants him. There has been a hundred million billion schools contacting him. And if you're a school with an open scholarship and you're contacting Hunter Dickinson, I don't know what's going on there. But where a few guys are currently out there in the transfer portal that you look at and you think, man, whoever gets this guy – they're going to be able to really elevate because I just mentioned under Dickinson, no question about it. I feel like he's one of the biggest ones, but I do think that Ray J. Dennis entering into the transfer portal about 48 or so hours ago from Toledo, he could be a big impact guy. The two gentlemen from Utah Valley and Trey Woodbury, Aziz Benadogo, these are guys are relatively solid as well, but there are a few guys out there that you take a look at and you think, 
man, whoever is able to land this player or these two players, they can really make a run this year. Yeah, Ray J. Dennis entering the day was huge. That's arguably the biggest portal entry this week. To me, I had mentioned this guy earlier, but Jalen Tyson, who whichever school is able to land Jalen Tyson, they're going they're going to take that next step next year. He may need a waiver since it'll be his second time transferring, so it's not official that he'll be able to play next season. Regardless, he has two or three years of eligibility left, so he's going to be able to produce right away and he can play at any level he can play combo guard he could also play at the wing so Jalen Tyson can score all three levels on the floor he's going to take that team to the next level I think so as well and a man that has taken this podcast to the next level is you Ethan you do amazing work over at the portal report you're taking a look at all that we're getting in college basketball right now and it has been a very wild offseason over 1500 kids have entered into the transfer portal that is more than we got all last offseason, you guys over there are doing an amazing job of being able to gauge it all. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, if you want to follow me on my personal account, cover West Virginia, and as well, keep try to keep up with the transfer portal as best as I can. It's almost humanly impossible <laughs> for anybody to do that. But you can follow me at Ethan Bach, B-O-C-K, with an underscore, and follow us at the Portal Report, just the portal report on Twitter. And like I said, we keep up with D1, D2, D3 kids in their transfer portal journey. Ethan and all the guys over there at the portal report are doing an amazing job keeping up with all this. And it is not easy to keep up with all of it. So a tip of the hat there to Ethan and company. And it's always great to be able to get any of these guys on the podcast today. It was Ethan, who's also doing a great job holding it down on the West Virginia front. So big thanks to Ethan Bach for joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNN underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters ZM, maybe does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. The other way is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to fire and whatever you'd like to on this podcast via the five-star review. I'll be coming at you guys every single day here on the podcast throughout the year. Not just regular season, but the off-season as well. Hopefully we'll get some conference previews rolling in about a month or so. Always appreciate you guys tuning in, and I'll catch you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? 
head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. 